In April of 2016, a TV show named Winona Earp debuted in the U.S. and Canada. Shortly thereafter, a fandom was born. And not just any fandom, and not just any fans. These fans call themselves Earpers. Welcome to This Earper Life, a podcast about the stories behind the fandom. I'm Anne. And I'm Kat. We're both Earpers, and we both wanted to know more about the show and fandom we love. Each week, we take a closer look at the stories behind a show and the fandom that celebrates it. Hey, Kat, it's been a minute since our last episode. It sure has, Anne. It feels like it's been, well, almost half a year. 18 months. Three <laughs> it's weeks. been 18 months? <laughs> Four days. No, okay. You got me. You got me. It, it does feel like it has been that long, yes. It might seem uh, like we haven't <laughs> been doing anything, but we have been very busy in the background trying to bring this Herb Convention episode to your ears. Yes. And we started our conversations for this episode back in April of this year. And over the course of that time, we've chatted with roughly 17 Erpers. That's a lot of Erpers. That being said, we want to acknowledge that because some of our interviews took place earlier in the year, not all conversations may have the proper pronouns. And we acknowledge that Dom PC's pronouns are they, them. We have had so much fun listening to the Erper stories about the conventions and we knew going into this that we wanted to document Herper stories and that it wouldn't be possible without the input from the listeners. And they really showed up for this episode. They did indeed. This episode would not be possible without the help from many Herpers, including Kevin, Jill, Laura D, Jen Tidwell, Allison, Laura N, Meredith and Mel, Jen, a.k.a. Herper Hospitality, Lynn, Ashley and Rachel, and Darren, Winnie, Solier, Corin and Michelle from Herb Curse Con. This episode also would not be as rich if it weren't for the amazing sound bites that we are able to use with permission by Akon, Burpa Palooza, Christy Carrillo, and Melanie and Meredith. So thank you so much for your contributions. So conventions. If you didn't know, a convention is an event that takes place during two or three days, and they're dedicated to one or more anime, TV shows, comics, or movies. So do we know exactly when the first convention took place? Well, according to Wikipedia, the first sci-fi convention took place in 1936 with PhilCon, which is the world's first and longest-running conference in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And it'll celebrate its 85th anniversary in 2022. Throughout time, many fan conventions, especially in the science fiction genre, would be held. One of the most popular, Comic-Con, heard of it? Which is held annually in San Diego, California, started March 21st, 1970. It has gone on to become one of the most popular of all cons and probably one of the biggest. Have you ever been? I've been twice. It's overwhelming. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Well, here at This Herper Life, our interests lie more in the conventions surrounding Winona Herb. And luckily for us, there's no shortage of them. Here in North America, we have Herper Homestead Convention in Canada, also known as ACON, Herp Expo, which takes place in New Orleans, Herpapalooza, Herp Division Expo in Anaheim, California, which is yet to make its debut, but it's coming soon. It's going to be awesome. Internationally, there's Shorties in Milan, Herp Fest in Glasgow, Erpercon UK Reloaded and Erp Fusion UK. 
And recently, we've been gifted with our first ERP-specific virtual conventions, and those are ERP Curse Con and the Ghost River Triangle Con. And these cons were extra special, and they offered us access to our favorite talent from the safety of our homes, which not only kept us safe during the pandemic, but offered a chance at a con experience for those who maybe travel is not normally an option. All right, Anne. Without further ado, let's listen to some herpers talking about planning conventions, attending conventions, and herping out in general. In 2017, Herpa brought us the very first North American-based herp convention. And in 2019, Herpa closed us out as the last in-person herp convention before COVID hit. Kat and I knew we had to speak to creators Allison and Laura to find out how they met, why they started a convention, and what some of their favorite parts in creating an HerbCon were. My name is Allison, and I'm the co-director of Herpapalooza. And I am Laura, and I am a co-director of Herpapalooza. Laura and I met on Twitter, actually, um, just just like most herpers, I found my way into a group chat and Laura was one of the ones in there and we just became friends. And then I don't think it was about a year or two years later that we met in person at Clexicon in 2018, yeah. was it? Yeah, it was the second Clexicon. Yeah, so we didn't meet face-to-face until about a year and a half after we like started Herpapalooza, which was crazy. It wasn't even a big idea. It was, wouldn't it be cool if... I think Clexicon, the first Clexicon had already happened. And so for a lot of us, we were like, oh, that's cool. But we want to see Tim or we want to, you know, what about Melanie? And then you hear about like San Diego Comic-Con, which to me is way overwhelming for someone like me. I just, that's just too many people and too much to do to, to get to the people that you want to see. I I'm not going to, you know, so sleeping out under the stars at 2 a.m. For, for an autograph is not something I would do. So it was more like those mini conversations of like, wouldn't it be cool if... And I had I had event experience in some of the jobs I've worked in where we've put on events for uh, you know a few hundred people and a couple thousand. So we do this all the time. We have these ticketing options and coordinating events. And so I had a you know a bit of that. Allison comes from the you know post production background, so she she had that organization and that business acumen. So then it became, oh, well, what if we did this? What would that look like? And so it was a lot of little conversations that ended up, it wasn't like one big one where we just came together and said, okay, let's do this because there's so much that goes into it. And the funny thing is within a month of those tiny conversations, Laura and I had started the business, signed contracts, and we're literally like already planning the event. Like it started as little conversations, but then it just kind of turned into a life of its own because it just kind of, I mean, we posted on Twitter, I think in 2017 to get an idea if there was anyone interested, because I think at that time, Erpercon UK had actually done their first event or were about to, I can't remember the timeline, but they were about to. And so that was really like, oh, we can do that? Like, that's allowed? Like, we can actually do an ERP-specific con? Because at the time, like Laura said, there was San Diego Comic-Con and all these big ones. They went to New York Comic-Con. But there was really nothing in the U.S. that was centered around just this show. And so that's where the ideas just came from. Like, wouldn't it be great if we just had this convention for one show? In your opinion, why might one prefer a smaller single fandom convention over a larger multi-fandom convention. 
definitely harder access at bigger cons, I think, just because of the crowds and the logistics, I think. But the ERP cons and the smaller ones definitely make it easier to get FaceTime with the guests. And what we're able to do with Palooza, or with just any ERP specific kind is not just you have your time where you can be meeting, you know, Kat Burrell or an Emily Andrus, but you can also have that time that I get to see the panel. I don't have to choose panel A because panel B is also going on at the same time. Which one do I choose? I'm going to miss out. You know, here it's nine times out of 10, you're able to see all the panels plus get your photos done, plus see the people that you want to see. Yeah. And another big thing about like conventions is when we started Palooza, one of the big things for us was guaranteeing every person that bought a ticket that they would have a seat in a panel. Um, we were never going to oversell capacity. Like if our room only held 600, then that was it because every person needed to be able to have a seat in the room because I've been to conventions where you, like Laura said earlier, you get up early and wait in line trying to get in the door. And that's just stressful, you know, to, to try and do that. So I think that we just wanted everyone who came, if you bought a ticket to the con, then you're guaranteed a seat in that room for every panel. And there's never going to be a moment where you have to like stand out there for three hours, just hoping maybe you'll get in. Location is something that sets Palooza apart from other herb conventions. Can you tell us about that decision? So Urpapalooza is the only convention that isn't in one city. That is by design. We wanted to come to the fans. Not everybody gets to travel to, you know, clear across the country or to a different state, even if it might be three states away, that still might be hard. But maybe if it's next door, it's a little bit easier of a commute for people. That's why we also want to travel around. And it gives a different city, you know, come see the city because in our travels, when we've gone to conventions, the city is a part of it because it's somewhere else to go and somewhere else for your friends to go find something new to see or eat at a different restaurant or whatnot. And then that's your time to chill too. So it's all a bit about Urpapalooza. This all goes into the thought process when we look for where to go next and, and how we're planning the events around the big event. And also, I mean, I would also recognize that Urpapalooza is not stationed in like the most life-changing cities. However, <laughs> you know, we're in, we've done Minneapolis, St. Louis, and uh, Columbus. But the point to that is we've stayed as Midwest as we can to kind of keep it central because in hopes that it's a little bit of a middle point for most people. And then again, it's just reaching people who never have that opportunity. I mean, if you think about it, cons are always in big cities. You got San Diego, Emerald City. You got all these, you got, you know, New York, you got all these conventions in big cities, but the smaller ones and the less known ones, they don't really get cons. So like Laura said, it was just our vision was just to create a convention that would at least give people the opportunity to have a shot if they couldn't travel for a certain distance to get to it elsewhere. When you create a convention, and if you're doing it right, you're creating a safe space for friends to meet, sometimes for the first time. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's just something, I mean, people build relationships, you know, through the fandom. I think that's one of the special things about it that makes it unique, you know, against other fandoms is most people do meet online, which I think is one of the great things about conventions because it's your opportunity to meet those friends in person. A lot of people who meet online meet for the first time at a convention. And that's always my favorite part about conventions is seeing people meet each other for the first time if they've known each other for years. I agree with Allison. Like my favorite part is at the end of the convention day, we'll walk the convention area and lock it down. 
And there's just groups of people in the hotel or areas just chatting away, laughing, talking, walking in from dinner or whatnot. And they meet another bunch of people in the lobby. Yeah, but that's why one of the reasons we do what we do, though, is because we realized that conventions were a place where people were meeting. I mean, Laura and I met at a convention for the first time in person. So one of the driving forces behind what we do is just to create a place where people can do that, where they can meet, safe place, meet their friends and just chill out. And I think especially ERP cons because they're just so chill, welcoming. And so I think that it's great that conventions give that place for people to just meet and build relationships and friendships. What is your advice for a first time con goer? Don't overextend yourself. You know, the schedule is not going to come out until just a few weeks out from the con. So I know it's in everybody's nature. Like I want to, I want to meet Emily and I want to meet Kat and Tim and Greg and Tamara, whoever's going to be there. Right. Um, And you plan out your schedule before our schedule has been released or you buy photos, you know, ahead of time. um, And then you you figure out your, your schedule don't overextend yourself because I think you'll find that you'll have a lot better time if you plan only a couple things and then just go with the flow, especially in the autograph area. Hit one or two people that you know, like I'm going to go in and and those are the two, my two top ones I'm going to get and then go with the flow with everybody else because your schedule will be a lot easier and you won't be as stressed. You kind of miss the fun parts, talking to other Urpers in line that you've never met before, which is really fun. Uh, seeing other cosplay as they walk through. If you're stressed, you're not going to notice it. Some people are so good at it. Don't plan it to the nth degree. Leave some room because, you know, it's like don't miss the forest for the trees, right? Like Enjoy it. You're going to have so much fun in those three days. And I promise you, you'll be able to see everybody you want to see and, and do what you want to do. Yeah. And also, I would I would add to just be flexible. Um, because a lot of first timers, I know that they show up with the plan and, and this is mostly coming from me because I'm very type A and like when my schedule gets ruined, I just get really anxious and, and really nervous and that's okay. I mean, but you know, I can just go ahead and tell you that like changes are going to happen. <laughs> you know, you have to be flexible. I mean, we haven't even looked at a schedule obviously for 2022, but I can already tell you that things are going to change because it's just inevitable for convention schedules to stay the same from Friday to Sunday. Um, Because things happen, things run long, we have to move things, you know, there's just so many things and moving parts that I just would tell people who have never experienced it to just be as flexible as you can and just kind of roll with the punches. I mean, if your autograph session gets moved and it conflicts with a meet and greet or something, I mean, come to us, let us know, and we'll do whatever we can to help. Um, But just try to be flexible about the moving parts because it's just a part of conventions that, you know, it just kind of comes with territory. Honestly, just ask questions when you have them, because the worst thing for us is to find out that there was a problem and we had no idea how, like we had no idea, no idea about it. And so we couldn't help you. Um, I know that things get, things get really crazy during the weekend. And I know that it's happened to me a lot where I'm running through a hallway and someone will flag me down and I'm like, I'll be right back. And then I never come back because I got pulled in another direction you know, we've we've tried to implement other policies. We pulled on more volunteer staff and stuff like that to help us with that issue. But it's like, ask us a question if you have a question, because we don't want you to be unsure about anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want you to feel like you don't know what's going on or aren't sure what to do, I guess. And also just have fun. Like we, yeah. we 
you know, I mean, the biggest thing is we just want people to enjoy it. And honestly, that that makes it all worth it. During our conversation, it became clear to us that Allison and Laura are facilitators of joy, creating a safe space for people to have once in a lifetime experiences. But what do they get out of it? What do we get out of it, Laura? Um, <laughs> we get friendships and love. <laughs> as cliche as that may sound, it's not wrong. I will tell a short story uh, that only a few have, I've shared with before, but um, the first Urpapalooza was, it's physically demanding too when you're running around doing everything. So it's its a physically demanding three days for us. We've done this for months and months and months. We've carded boxes all across the country, but then it's just three days where you get to see people meet somebody that they've only seen on their favorite TV show. And it puts a smile on your face. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Grinchiest Grinch. When you see somebody walk up to Emily Andress and say, you know, you've written something that touched me very deeply, just to see the emotion on their face, I don't see how you cannot be happy that you were able to do something that created that moment in time for that person. After everything closes down, after everybody leaves, that's when the emotions hit me. And the very first Urpapalooza, it hit me really hard. I wasn't expecting that. So I was alone in my, like, I just shut the door. Like I ran the bathtub, like I did everything um, just to have a calm space to myself. And I just kind of let all the emotions go. But it was happy emotions, too. I think it's very hard for me to put into words exactly what that was. But I helped create something that brought all these people together. And for three days, you didn't have to worry about anything in the outside world. You got to meet your friends, maybe some for the first time that you only chatted online. You got to interact with the cast of Winona Earp and have funny photos that you get to cherish for the rest of your life. So for for us to put that together and put those three days together, uh, that's what I'm there for. That's what I. That's what we both get out of it is just seeing. And I can't wait for the newbies. You mentioned there's so many new people. Like Allison and I have talked about this a few times. Like there are going to be so many new people. It's going to be so fun to see them interacting with everybody because we've seen this now for years. But it's going to be so new again. I think for both of us. To be just completely honest, we don't get anything out of this. Like this. <laughs> I mean, you know, Laura said it. Like, oh yeah, it sounds cliche. Love and friendship. I mean. That's very cliche, but like the truth is we really don't get anything physical or like, I don't even know like what you would expect to get out of it. It's just that we had the idea, wanted to do it. And each year it's like we put it together and all the people come together and the ending, the, the Sunday ceremonies is what, is what always gets me because everybody is tired, exhausted, emotional because it's over. You know, they're happy because they've had the you know, the most wonderful three days. And then you see the cast come up and they start thanking the fans for coming and everything. And it's like, you just look around the room and I don't even think you have to be us in our position to to kind of feel that. It's like, yeah, of course we feel emotional about it because we created it. But anyone in the room, you could look around and see the emotion on their faces. Like, what an experience. And I know Kevin has said this a lot because Kevin is a convention wizard. I swear, the man has been to more conventions than I have ever even known to exist. And he always says, I have never experienced anything like an ERPCON. You can go to conventions for your whole life, but I do not think you will ever experience what we're trying to describe which is hard to describe anyway but i don't think you'll ever 
be able to feel what that is until you are in a room with hundreds of erpers because the fa- the cast always says that you know this fandom is special and it is but it's like to feel that in person and not just in a live tweet session you know it is incredible and honestly it's just so hard to put into words what that feeling is like just when we were about to address the elephant in the room named covid and how it might affect in-person conventions going forward Allison brought it up before we could get a chance to ask. We know that conventions will look different, you know, from here on out. The world has obviously gotten better in terms of COVID and and things are continuing to get better in areas and things. And so we're very hopeful that it's going to be better. But I think that just knowing everything that's happened, it's going to be different. And so we are actively working on protocols and ways to keep everyone safe as possible without sacrificing the quality and the experience. And so it's a weird back and forth and thin line to kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. But I just want people to know that because I know a lot of people are really weary about going back into spaces that have a hundred or more people. But I promise you, we're doing everything we can. Laura and I are both now certified in COVID protocols for live events because we've taken workshops to be certified in that so that we can have all the information that we need to to make it as safe as possible. And so if you're hesitant because of COVID, I would just say use your best judgment and what's best for you, obviously. But we will do our part, you know, as much as we can as keeping people safe. So we wanted to get some tips and tricks from someone who's been to multiple conventions. So we called our friend Laura, who's been to many ERPCons and also happens to have a lot of experience making lists. I'm Laura. Um, my Twitter handle is at Laura Meet World. I also am one of the co-hosts of the ERP Top 5 podcast. Hey! A ticket. Do I get a ticket? Yes. Even if like you're not sure where you're going to be in, you know, six months to a year. Get a ticket if they go on sale. Get a VIP ticket if you can swing it. Get a lower tier ticket if you want, if you don't want to spend that much money. But yes, always go for a ticket if you have some interest in going to a con because they sell out and you can always sell the ticket if you need to. Would would you say that if you could swing it, is it always best to get the highest tier ticket you can? It depends on what you want to do. The different cons offer different things in that VIP kind of ticket. Some of them offer cast meet and greet or like cocktail hour or something with the cast. That's with the whole cast. But if you're just interested in Tim or, you know, somebody else or I don't know, who's like a popular uh, somebody on the show? Who's can't think of anybody like 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 Tucker or. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. champ. Champ. Yeah, like a champ. (laughs) If you just want to no, like, let's say like Mel or Kat or or Emily. If you just want to maybe get something like a meet and greet with them, then, you know, because those are that's extra and you would have to pay that extra. So take away that amount from the VIP ticket and get a lower tier. And then you'll have that money to buy a meet and greet ticket with a cast member of your choice. And that's what people can do because everything is extra uh, aside from your ticket. So like photo ops, autograph, specific meet and greets or uh, lunches with the cast or Emily's workshop is another extra thing where you can participate in. And it's just up to you what you feel like doing, how much you're willing to spend. There, Here's another thing. 
if you don't have money for a ticket, reach out to the con about volunteering. You can volunteer. You need to do X amount of hours in a day. They'll put you somewhere, but you could also have time to do things for yourself. About the hotel stay, there's pros and cons to staying on site versus off site that you have to figure out for yourself. The schedule won't be released until maybe two weeks before, maybe even a week before. And so, depending on how much stuff you want to do throughout the day, you could just pop up to your room if you're on at a, at the on site hotel, go rest for a little bit, or if you're dragging around like something that you want to get signed, and then once it's signed, again, you could just run up to your room and. Bring it up there. Let it be. If you're cosplaying and you want to like switch your outfit really quick, so there, there's that. And then you don't have to worry about transportation back and forth to the venue from from your hotel if you're staying offsite. That's a cost for some people sometimes. So that's like a a cost you might have to factor in. So like if you're thinking like, oh, this this hotel is expensive, like a per night stay. Well, then how much is the hotel that you're gonna stay out? How far away is it? Number one, from the venue, how long does it take you to get from point A to point B? Would you have to like take transportation, Uber, whatever? And then, if you can walk, let's say, are you comfortable walking from the venue at like eleven, twelve o'clock, midnight? You know, back to your hotel if you have to walk back solo or something. Like, th- those are things that factor in. Okay, so we've got our ticket and we have our hotel figured out. Next question is, when do we go? Yeah, so if you get there on Thursday, it's kind of to get the lay of the land to see where everything is, and you can even possibly go and explore the the city that the con is in if, if you so choose. Also, you get a feel for everything. It's kind of like going to your school before classes start, and like just getting a lay of the land where you can see where okay, here's where the photo ops are going to be, or here's where you know the autograph room is going to be. And it's a good idea to get there on a Thursday. Day and then leave on the Monday, whether or not you leave Monday morning or Monday afternoon or evening. So the con starts on like Friday afternoon ish, and it and usually ends on Sunday. And I flew in on Friday morning, Friday afternoon before it started. Immediately, I knew, nope. From now on, I got to fly in Thursday and fly out on Monday because it's it's cutting it close for um you know what you want to do now actually some cons are doing kind of unofficial official events just erper events not necessarily with the cast or anything like that on like thursday night before the con starts on friday it's also a good place to to meet people and you know get to chatting beforehand and then you might make a buddy for the whole weekend Okay, next tip, what to bring. Yeah, so it's like whatever you think you might need for a day out. So you'll need a backpack. Have also a fanny pack. You might look like a dork, but who the fuck cares? Because sometimes you don't feel like taking the backpack off. So like quick things, like you need to get your cash out. Fanny pack is way better. Have a poster tube. Make sure it fits in your suitcase. The other thing is a folder, like a file folder. Because that's good. I've found for your photo op, so it doesn't bend. So dress as you're comfortable. I'm always cold, so I always have like a hoodie on. I'm usually comfortable in like jeans and 
sneakers and whatever, because you're going to be standing, you're going to be walking a lot. And this is actually another bonus for staying on site versus off site, where if you get cold, you could just run up to your room and get a sweatshirt or if you're hot and you need to like quick change, you could do that as well. Or even like you have a backpack, bring an extra shirt if you need to. Maybe dress in layers. Dress in layers is another thing. If you need to take like a shirt off, pop into the bathroom, take your shirt off, put it back on if you need to. Like if you spill beer on your shirt, you can just... If the taps are just yeah. messy, yeah. just take, just take yeah. it off. Yeah, just so be careful not to get stuck in your... Oh, interesting. Unless that's a... Or yeah, you. unless that's like... <laughs> your idea for a photo op go for it you never know that's your cosplay <laughs> just stuck in a shirt <laughs> just walk around stuck in a shirt. okay so we're here and we have everything that we need now what let's start with autographs you can usually bring your own item to get autographed they do have like the photos there to get autographed if you do a photo op, you'll get the photo immediately after you take the picture, they'll print it out. And then you can also have that signed by the guest. You have a little bit of time with the guest at their auto table, not like enough to have a whole full conversation or anything like that. It's a little like, hi, how are you? This is what I want written on my autograph. And most importantly, be respectful to the, to the cast member. They have a lot of people to see. Be respectful to the cast member and also to like your fellow people that are there like there's a long line behind you don't monopolize time be kind to the guest and know that that they're there to meet a lot of people some may be first timers some may be repeat people don't take offense if they might not have a lot of time because that that's not really what the autograph table is for they're not there to have like a whole conversation or anything it's kind of just sign an autograph take a selfie. Well, that's a good point. I mean, an autograph is different from a meet yes. and greet. Yeah. Actually, the meet and greets are usually groups, but it's usually a good amount of time. Everybody can get a chance to talk. If you're not a talker and you just, you're just there to sit and just soak it all in, that's fine too. Nobody forces you to talk. It does kind of feel like an AA meeting, but <laughs> you know, we're all... Erp- sitting in a it, it's really it's not it's not AA it's EA it's Erp Anonymous and the same thing goes for like fo- photo ops you have mm. a minute to do a photo op you have a minute to go say hello maybe explain like a pose or something that you want to do you know I know the, the cast is pretty gung-ho about fun ideas and things like that I, I've done mm. a few fun ones in my day you know again just just be respectful of boundaries and things like that. And what else is there to do at conventions? Panels. The panels are great. It depends on the con. Some some of them let you record. Some of them just let you take photos at the panel itself. Again, if you want to ask a question, they're usually good about having people come up and ask questions. Here comes a be respectful about the questions again. Yeah, just have like questions written down that like you might want them to answer. How early do you want to get there to get a seat? A lot of the cons have tier seating also with the panels. The VIP will get the first two rows or three rows and then the next tier will get the rows after that. And they'll usually line you up by your ticket tier outside the panel room. I've sat in the front. I've sat in the back. You can see everything everywhere. They have the big screens They usually have like a front row, which is ADA accessible so that you can see they have a sign language interpreter. So I guess if you want to be able to, but I even know people that have had like VIP 
tickets and have opted to sit towards the back too. It's a personal preference where you like to sit, but yeah, you can see everything. And panels are usually on YouTube after the fact. So they'll either, either um, the con will live stream, some cons live stream the panel and then get them transcribed and then put them permanently on YouTube. So don't feel like you're not, if you have to choose between two things, you're, you will see the panel eventually just yeah. because you're not in the room. It's still yeah. going to be there. They don't like close the doors. I mean, they close the doors, but they don't lock you out. Like you can walk in mid panel if you're like, you know, on a photo op line or something like that. And then there are the people that just go to the panels. They don't do photo ops and they don't do. And that's perfectly fine, too. If you don't want to do any other thing, you just have a basic tier ticket and you just want to sit in the panel room all day watching the panels. That's perfectly fine, too. Okay, let's get serious for this next part. We're talking about cheese, moolah, the Benjamins, money. We're we're talking about money. You're going to be spending a lot of money this weekend it's it's there's no way around it unless you're willing to do just nothing um you will be spending a lot of money um so it's important you know you have like a year 10 months nine months until the first con that we have back um and if you want to experience like all the different things all the different cons have to offer i would suggest just you know, save your money now. Have a have a con fund, hmm. and just you know, save your save your pennies. Save save up the money now. You need cash on you. You kind of need a lot of cash on you. How much would you like suggest? I might be wrong with these numbers, but an autograph I want to say is like forty bucks, and a selfie okay. is like twenty bucks, roughly that, and like a combo of them together would be 60 or something like be anywhere between like 60 and 80 but again i might be off with those numbers a little bit or they might have gone up can Um, you give us an example of like in your head a con that you went to where you feel like you did a lot of extra stuff an average about how much the first con that i went to i did everything like because here's the thing not all the cast members are going to all the cons either. So you might be going to one con and somebody not might not be at that con, but they'll be at like the next con. So like then you mm-hmm. want to do everything that you did at the first con and now include that cast member that's at the second con. And even like the photo ops, like maybe one con will have a way hot photo op and then the other con won't have a way hot photo op, but they'll have a, a sister's photo op. You kind of just have to do everything at one con and then if they have them at the other con okay you did it already if you don't then you have to go and uh do it all over again and then like cast photo ops with the whole cast again not all the cast is going to be at every con but you want to remember that you met the whole cast so maybe you get a cast photo op but that's photo ops and those you buy ahead of time anyway but so like so the con that you did cons that you've done a ton of what do you think your average was? I'm not counting like your hotel, your airfare, like just out of pocket on site. Um, $600. I I would say that's not far off, but again, it also depends on who you want to see. Do you want to see all the cast members? So you figure if, if an autograph and selfie range about like 70 bucks, let's say, let's let's give Mm -hmm. it 70 could be more, could be less. And there's, let's say there's 10 cast members. So 70 bucks for 10 cast members, that's $700 right there for for autographs and selfies. If there's 
less cast members or if you just want to go for an autograph and a selfie for one then that's fine too but then also are you just going for an autograph and a selfie with that cast member one time throughout the weekend or are you going to see them every day that they're doing autographs and selfies because the first one you might want to get a t-shirt sign or something and then the next day you had a photo op with them that you want to that you want that to get signed or something like that so there's another thing to factor in how many times are you gonna get their autograph and selfie throughout the weekend and it's not like you can walk up to the table for your autograph and have like five things you have to pay for each autograph but they'll only sign like two at a time in like so so i think again every con is different and whatever but it'll be spelled out somewhere prior i'm sure so like they'll sign two things at at one time for you and then you'll just have to get off the line and either come back on the line or see them on a different day or something but each actual signature if you're doing two things that's it's times two you have to pay for two signatures here's a thing that i'm pretty sure is like a rule you have to get something signed or you have to get like a selfie you can't just stand on the line and go up to the table just to say hi um so like it's like six to seven hundred dollars and then that's not even counting like food you buy while no, you're there no that's not even like so i would say a thousand okay. if you're doing everything i would say that that's not far off like a thousand dollars i mean i know mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot but these are also like once in a lifetime things well i think it's good to know ahead of time too in that people have time to plan yeah. no i'm just worried that it bit off more than i could chew for the next Start eating ramen noodles, folks, until until right. next year. Plenty of time. One topic that seemed to come up over and over again while talking to some of these herbers about going to conventions was the idea of stepping outside of your comfort zone. We asked Laura about this too. I, I I'll be honest, it was way out of my comfort zone to go to the first con, and I don't even know what possessed me to do it, but I had just seen. I have a very bad case of FOMO and I just saw a lot of people having fun at the other cons and I was just like, I got to bite the bullet and I just got to, I got to get to a con. And and I'll be honest, for every second that I was there until like I got on the plane home, I, I was like a ball of anxiety. Um, but what I would say to, you know, back then, Laura would be like, breathe, I guess. Just like soak it all in. Don't let it get too overwhelming because it is fun. But yeah, it's 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 a new thing. It's it's very weird, but it is fun and you do get used like being around all the people because all the people are there for the same reason as you. You're not a fish out of water kind of thing. You're you're around your people, but it's just how you acclimate to those situations. If you're not like a big crowds person, kind of stay off into the corner. If you are willing to go up to people online and just like you know shoot the shit because you're gonna you're gonna be standing next to them for at least an hour maybe on a line then that's you or if you're not comfortable doing that and you want to like keep headphones in or something like that that's what you need to do everybody deals with those situations differently would you say that you can make the experience whatever you want it to be no one is going to have the same experience oh yeah definitely like it, it it honestly depends like i was going solo i had the 
good fortune of I had a VIP ticket for my first con and I went to they had a, a VIP dinner that first night and I sat at what was <laughs> dubbed kind of the singles table and a couple of those people at the table like I kind of hung around with or I kept seeing around the rest of the weekend so we became friendly and actually one of them helped me out at the the last day because it was like very pressed for time people were rushing through like an autograph line and they stood on a line for me while I was on another line and then once I got off that line I I relieved them but it was really nice of them to do that for me Amanda if you're listening I don't know um just have a great time like just have a good time and you might cry but they're always good tears Actually, Kevin made me cry the the last night of my first con. He just came up to me like I had met him early in the weekend. And I was just like, he asked me like, he's like, so how was it and everything like that? And I don't know. And I'm not a crier, but I just got like, I welled up. I did well up with like emotions and just like it exceeded my expectations. I don't know why I was so like... I mean, I did step out of my comfort zone for it, but it exceeded my expectations. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even put into words. I just started tearing up and crying and had to walk away from him. So if you yeah, see Kevin, just, just avoid, Kevin, avoid Kevin. Probably. Good advice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At the, at the end of the con. I mean, in the beginning of the con, he's cool. You know, he'll take he'll take pictures with you and, you know, chit chat with you and stuff like that. But at the end of the con, him and Lynn. Those are the two you got to watch out for if you don't want to cry. Lynn Rachels. They're there for chaos at the end. Yeah, they usually just um, just try to break break you. (laughs) Any questions from the the class? No, Laura. I think that just about sums it up. But here are some more Erpers who had some advice that maybe we didn't cover yet. Hang out in the hotel lobby, particularly the day before the con starts when everybody's arriving because it's it's sort of become what herpers do. They just hang out in the hotel lobby and don't be afraid to go up and start conversations with other people that are sitting in groups. For all you know, they're new also and are looking to make new friends. I always think if you're sitting in the lobby during a con, that means you're open to meeting new people and just hanging out. You know, there's so much activity as people go through and go up to their rooms and come through to panels or photos. And a lot of people will come through that they've just got an autograph or just got a photo and they're just dying to tell somebody, you know. So you, you get to everybody shares the photos they took or the autographs they got and the stories. Everybody just sort of geeks out together. So hang out, talk to other Erpers. Don't be afraid to interact. Hydrate. Hydrate a lot because you're going to be standing in lots of lines. To a lot of cons, they have water stations around where you can fill your water bottles and everything. Just make sure to hydrate. Bring snacks that you like in your backpack. Also, too, don't forget to eat. You know, lunches goes by and you just, you know, you're doing something, you're in a line, you don't want to get out of line. And the next thing you know, you've been 12 hours without eating. Not good. If you have any health concerns whatsoever, ask for accommodations. You will not be judged. You will not be treated badly. I have never been in a convention or anything else where people were so conscientious. Ask every con what accommodations you have. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that it's not just, oh, do you need a sign language interpreter? Do you need a chair? 
do you need, you know, this, do you need that? And, and people take care of you. So don't be afraid to ask. Pack in as much as you possibly can. Yes, it's worth the extra $40 or $20 to get a selfie. Everybody budgets something and then you kind of blow the budget a bit. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, you go like, well, that was worth it. I'm glad I spent the extra $20 on that, that selfie. Or I'm glad I, instead of eating the second half of the Subway sandwich I bought that morning, I went out and had drinks with burgers. Go ahead and spend the extra little money to, to soak in the whole experience because it's quite an experience. You know, I was nervous to go because I, you know, I, there's always that social anxiety. Well, for me, there's always that social anxiety, but just rest assured that Herper's got you. Don't ever be afraid to ask questions of the staff or of other Herpers. Um, we're all out there to have fun. Those of us who have been to cons before, more than willing to help. I just tell people, if you know, ask me. If I don't know, I'll go find someone who does. Really, I'm not afraid to ask. I'm really not. And if I don't know, or if I can't find anybody, then I'll make it up. And I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you what you need to find out. It's, it, I just want people to have a great time because that's, it's, they have been so much fun for me. They're incredible. One of the biggest things I see with like a lot of people who are going to their first con, they're nervous and we were nervous for our first con you know a lot of people i've seen people go to their first con and come away and say it was a whole lot of fun but i didn't talk to anyone everybody there is super awesome just say hello and people are awesome they will talk to you about nonsense they will give you hugs everybody's there for anxiety is a thing i have super bad social anxiety I, I, I don't do well, and it's weird because I'm an extrovert. You know, just trust that people there aren't going to be awesome, because they are. Herpers are awesome. So, Kat, I don't know about you, but when I was done binging Winona Earp, one of the things that I found were the panels, and I just started watching panel after panel after panel. Absolutely the same. And what a great, cool resource, you know, to feel like you may have missed out on being there, but you still got to kind of be a part of it. Right. You felt a little bit like you were a part of it, but also I just kept thinking to myself, what must it have been like to be there? And luckily, in talking with our guests, we got to hear all kinds of behind-the-scenes stories that we missed in just watching those panels. So let's take a listen. Uh, hi, I'm Jen. Um, my handle is uh, Erper Hospitality, and I think most people know me as the, the, the snack wagoneer, the one who drives the snack wagon. Fantastic. And that's exactly why I wanted you here today, is that I first heard about you um, on one of the uh, final season four Whiskey and Donuts episodes where you came on briefly and you had talked about doing this amazing snack cart. And I was, you were on for such a short amount of time, but I was so touched and I was so moved that I immediately went to Twitter and like looked for any hashtags that came up and showed pictures of you at cons uh, doling out snacks. And I just was like, I have to talk to this person. Uh, I've been trying to track you down for a bit. I finally got you. Um, so if you can just tell us like, why? What? Like, how did this come to be? 
Um, okay, well, I decided I was going to go to uh, Herba Palooza in uh, 2018 in Minneapolis. And it was actually easier to drive there from Rapid City than to fly. Um, and I work at a natural foods cooperative grocery store. And for our anniversaries, we would get uh, gift cards to the store. Uh, now, my, 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 my delightful Jewish grandmother always taught me that food is a great way to like make people happy, bring them together, meet people. Uh, I didn't know anybody. And I was like, heck, I'm driving in. So I blew like, I think it was like a $300 gift card all on special order to cost organic snacks. Bought a little red wagon at, at I don't know, Sam's Club and just made myself a little sign and walked around with my little cart and was like, does anybody need to eat? And um, yeah, that's how it started. It was just me trying to me trying to buy people's adoration. Now, me me trying to break ice with people I didn't know. And food's always a great way to do that. So that was your first convention, and you went by yourself. Yes, that's that's why I was like, I'm bringing snacks. I don't know anybody. I don't know any herpers. I know no one. And I don't, I don't do well if I don't have something to be doing. So in addition to volunteering, I decided I would spend my time doing that. And it worked out well. And it, this is a common theme that I, that I've heard, you know, interviewing many people um, through the fandom about their first convention um, was that they, you know, possibly went alone. They didn't know anybody. What was, um, what was the tipping point for you that made you just go, I've got to go to one of these conventions, whether I go alone or not? I've never had problems going to things alone. I went to a Buffy convention alone. I went, I think I went to Dragon Con once alone. That That's never bothered me. Um, as far as what was like, oh my gosh, I need to find the time and the money, is that I moved from Florida, uh, Gainesville, Florida, to Rapid City, South Dakota, because my wife got a, a wonderful teaching job. And it's very lonely here. And so the Airpers Online became my social group. And so when nine hours away, a whole group of them were going to hang out. Oh, you bet my extrovert butt was like, I'm getting in the car. I'm going to see people that, you know, aren't complete right wing. You know, we hate queers and, uh, you know, they're not my people here. So it was mostly that I really wanted to meet these people in person. And I'm very glad I did. So, and when you spoke with Laura and Allison with Herpapalooza, you, it was a great interview. And, and one of my favorite parts of it, you asked them, what is the erpiest moment that you remember during one of the conventions? And I mean, it really doesn't get much better than the answer. So let's, uh, let's take a listen. What has been the most erper moment you've witnessed or been part of during one of the conventions? I mean... We facilitated a wedding. I'm Meredith. And I'm Melanie. And we got married at Palooza. Mare and Melanie are two of our really good friends. And they had been engaged for just forever long. And our friend group finally just got to the point where we were like, just get married. Like, let's not play games. Just just get married. And it kind of started as a joke. We've been engaged for like five years. So we're always teasing about, you know, we need to get married and all that stuff. They were like, well, why don't you get married at a con? And then it turned into like, well, why don't you just get married at Urpapalooza? <laughs> and then it turned into, 
How funny would it be if Emily did it? Oh, Emily could marry you. Just kind of evolved from there. They like took it and ran and they went with it. We're like, uh, okay, all right, yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it. It just sort of, you know, facilitated itself. We were like, well, if there's one thing we can do because it's our con, we can plan you a wedding because we can stick it in the schedule wherever we'd like. <laughs> and, you know, Emily was gracious enough to spend her Friday evening doing that. And, you know, it was wonderful for us to be able to give our friends that wedding out of an event that we coordinated because it just felt extra special to be able to share that with them. And then obviously just share it in a room because originally we were like, well, do you want it to be a private wedding or do you want like just us to open it up to fans? And they were like, no, we want everyone there. Yeah. And, and so I we just posted on Twitter that everybody would come, uh, probably especially yeah. Twitter and Melanie. But when we opened oh, yeah. the Mayor doors, and Melanie were like, we were expecting 10 people to yeah. show up. Yeah, we didn't think anybody would want to see it. We thought maybe our friends would want to see it, but we didn't think anybody else. We just happened to look out. We were behind a curtain that was near the stage, and the room was filled. We were like, what, what is going on? Why are there so many people? And it's actually kind of funny and a little secret that Melanie and I had two friends who we call our, our kids, Danielle and Michaela. They were sneaking us booze. <laughs> to deal with the jitters because there was so many people we were like oh my gosh and they're like here you go take a shot it's all good um and and then i think the look on their face when we said you know there are some also some other special guests that'll be in the front row yes gosh there was uh dom and cat and anna and justin natalie emily did most of the talking welcome Herper family to the first official Herper wedding. Um, and she had it was all it was like a lot of fun stuff related to the show and stuff like that. Melanie, in the last 24 hours, have you went to potato? <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay with you? Okay. Meredith, any secret wives? <laughs> I'm only like legitimately ordained to marry you <laughs> no we actually we got married at the courthouse and that way our parents could be there while it wasn't like a legal wedding it was our wedding because that's the one we have the pictures from and that's the one where we got to just be us and that's the one where you know we were surrounded by friends and people and stuff so we you know, we consider that our wedding. All right, Melanie, would you say you are in fact all in? Oh my God. Meredith, would you agree that when you think about what you want to do most in the world, oh my God. Her? <laughs> and we all, we joke with our friends that if they hadn't pushed us to do the one at the con, we probably still wouldn't be married today because I'd be dragging my feet. I'd like to pronounce you an extraordinary creature and a magnificent, magnificent person. <laughs> In union, forever, forever and always. Congratulations. Kat, this next guest, their name comes up time and time again. You cannot talk about the Erper fandom without talking about Lynn Rachels. So we knew. We had to talk to Lynn. When I was just talking with Allison and Laura, 
they had mentioned that you provide wristbands for Urpapalooza. And I, I don't know, do you provide wristbands for other conventions or just for Urpapalooza? Well, what happened was Clexicon, the first Clexicon, given, gave out a wristband that said Clexicon on it. It gave me the idea that I could make my own. And it, it, it also came to my attention, what a great icebreaker to use to go up and talk to people. So I started creating wristbands for each con. Until Urpa Palooza, I had just been creating them and taking them to the cons myself and giving them out. I finally, I decided, well, you know, wh- why should I do that? That I'm, I'm so conscious about making sure that everybody gets one. But when you're doing it yourself, it's almost impossible for everyone to get one, which always was a bummer to me. So I finally got this bright idea that why don't I just get with the con and I talked with Allison and, and, and Laura and said, well, tell me how many total people you're allowing to come to the con. And then I'll tack on enough for volunteers and for the cast that's coming. And I will just send you these wristbands and you can give them out. That'll save some of your expenses. It's the least I can do. It's my little part. And then that way I know everyone gets one. But I also create some to take with me as well, some other ones to take with me because it's half the fun is just giving them out. And also, I'd, I, another little cute thing about that is, I don't know if they told you, but I wear a name tag and my name tag says Lynn Rachels and it has Erper underneath. And I've worn it ever since I had it made for the very first con. And I always felt like that was also a great icebreaker because when people are looking at you and you're talking to them, it's hard for me to remember names at times if I don't, you know, hear it or if, or if I'm so excited and I'm so thinking I, I, it doesn't compute to me. Yeah. But if you're looking at someone, you can see their name tag. So if you see that name, you can you can actually use it in the conversation or whatever. So I started wearing one. And, and between the name badge and the wristbands, people just kind of sort of got to know who I was. I love designing the wristbands and I love giving them out. And I've already told Allison, guys, I will be happy to design one, send it to you, bring it with me, whatever you want to do so that everybody will have one. And I also, what I used to do when I was giving them out myself is if I had any left over, I'd come home and, and then I'd reach out on Twitter to the comic cants, as we call people who couldn't go to the cons and ask them to DM me if they wanted me to send them one. And so, I mean, I've sent out hundreds and hundreds of wristbands to people. And even so cool. now, if I happen to notice on Twitter someone who is doing an Erper Greed or, or what do they call them? Uh, I think it's called Erper Greed. It's they're, te- they're saying that they're new to the fandom or whatever. And um, so if I happen to see that, then I usually will try to, um, respond to them, follow them, tell them, you know, feel free to follow me. But then if I'll DM them and say, you know, I, would you like a wristband? Or I also created some postcards as well that I used to send out. Um, 
in the, in the U.S. and overseas. And so I probably have a half a dozen postcards that I've sent out that I still have extras. And I'll send them some of that just to kind of say hello to, you know, welcome to the fandom kind of thing. Yeah. So um, wristbands were just kind of my thing. I That's don't, so I mean, cool, Lynn. <laughs> they're just kind of my thing. And I'm looking so forward to de- designing a new one for You're like, I can't wait. I and can't I can't wait. wait. <laughs> and I've got a whole drawer full of leftovers um, since we haven't had any place to go for two years. So then you should put it all in a pinata and then oh. we just <laughs> smack it and all the stuff falls out. <laughs> that That's a great idea. Um, but let me, let me tell you one little cute story that has to do with wristbands. This was Clexicon 2018. Okay. The second one. We had moved down to Trop- the Tropicana Hotel. And so most of the things for the con were downstairs in the lower level. So we had an escalator that went down and up. Well, I was coming down the escalator and I looked over and a young lady who I didn't know, but I'm always looking at people's wrists, you know, to see if they have one of my wristbands. And if I don't see one, then I'm going to go try to give them one. Well, I looked over and going up the escalator, this young lady did not have a wristband on. So instead of saying, you know, hustling down the down escalator and then hustling back up the up escalator to catch her. No, 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 no. I turned and started back up the down escalator. I was going to get to the top of the down escalator before she got to the top of the up escalator so that I could give her a wristband. Well, that was a good thought, but it it was it was it was so funny because I went by people and they were looking at me like, what is this woman doing? And the only problem is when you get to the top, the, the stairs just keep coming at you. You know, they come out. And so you have a huge step to get past that to make it off of the escalator. Well, being the short person that I am, I had a little bit of trouble. And I almost fell, but I did make it to the top. And this poor woman, when I finally got over to her, because she turned and was watching this commotion of me going up the down escalator. And and I gave her, I said, well, I just had to give you this wristband. I just had to. And she said, thank you very much. And I know there was horror and shock. And just, she thought, what in the world is this person? <laughs> this doing? woman just tracked so me down. <laughs> she just, she just, I just tracked her down. I almost killed myself on the down escalator just to give her a wristband. And, you know, I just figured that if I'm going to embarrass myself, I'm going to give it 110%. So it, I really did. And it was, it was, I told that story several times that weekend. And I really will admit that, it was like a, it became like a fish tail because the more I told it, the more embellished I got. And when, got when I was saying it, I was, farther. I was, step, it was it's farther and farther away. And I'm stepping like, I'm showing them how I did it. And it was, <laughs> it was so funny. It, it, it was a cute story, but it was just for, that's one of the erpiest things I think I've ever done is trying to go up the down escalator to give someone a wristband. You don't half-ass it, you ass and a half it, huh? That's correct. That is exactly <laughs> correct. I understand that statement completely, yes. <laughs> I, I just love it. Um, I, I've had some really wonderful experiences. 
I've met some incredible people. The, 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 the cast, the, everyone associated with the show is so real and so humble and so lovely. They're just wonderful. And I look forward to, to so many others, Erpers, who have discovered Winona Earp in the, in, in the COVID period, which is kind of cool. I mean, if something good, you know, something good has come out, we've, we've gotten a lot of new Erpers. And I just, I just really want people to experience what I've had the, the uh, pleasure of experiencing over the last few years. So, Anne, talking about watching panels from past conventions, I know you've watched The Newlywed Game from Akon. Have I ever. You and every other Erper. It's, it feels like it's, it has legendary status at this point. It's iconic. It is iconic. And when, you, when you're talking about celebrating the fandom of Winona Earp, being podcasters ourselves, of course, everybody knows Jen Tidwell. She's the host of the Earp Fiction Addiction podcast, but she's also a convention moderator. So thinking about some of the most iconic panels, this one came to mind first, and we reached out to her. And um, here's the story behind the scenes of the newlywed game. My name is Jen Tidwell. I am a podcaster, and of late, I have been a convention panel moderator. My star shot was when I was hired by Acon Canada to host the Newlywed Game cast panel at Acon 2019. If you don't know me from the EFA podcast or any other of my things that I've done for the sh- for the fandom, you definitely know me from the Newlywed panel. I had attended a couple of ERP conventions by the time Acon 2019 rolled around. I had, I had attended ERP Expo in New Orleans in, gosh, when was that? Was, was that 2018 or 2019? I don't even know anymore. And I um, attended Acon in 2018. And for both Acon and Expo, I had volunteered to produce and moderate the fan fiction panel for those conventions. Uh, But I also let the coordinators know, hey, uh, I've got a rich history of working in an interview uh, setting and in panel settings, uh, not necessarily convention panels, but definitely, you know, other other sorts of kind of professional interview situations for radio and things like that. And I can do more than just moderate fic panels. If you need a moderator for, you know, any other kind of panel that you've got running, um, especially cast panels, cough, cough, uh, I would love to throw my hat in the ring. It was really Akon that's, that took me up on that offer and I'm forever grateful to them. At first they kind of pitched it to me as we were trying to think of like trying to do a game show thing. What do you think would work? And they had already pitched a few ideas including the Newlywed Game. And I said well I think depending on who we have on this panel, the Newlywed Game would probably work pretty well because it's a very quick fire game. If you, if you go back through YouTube and you, and you look at you know the old episodes of the Newlywed Game, it's it's, it's only a 30-minute show. And they, on that show, had three couples and were punching through two to three rounds of questions. So in 30 minutes. So, I mean, they, it's it's fast. And originally the plan was for three for there to be three pairings. It was originally going to be Jetri, Wayhot, and then it was going to be Windock. But a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes and contractual agreements and things like that. And one of the things that's very, very typical in a talent contract for a convention is 
There's a hard stop on the number of panels that a talent can take part in. And there's a hard stop in the number of like signings and things like that. And so I believe that Melanie had a hard stop of two panels, either one or two. It was one of those situations where either she was going to be in the newlywed game or she was going to be on the larger, like legit, I guess, cast panel. And so they decided that they'd rather have her on the larger cast panel, which I agree with that decision. <laughs> Let me make very clear that I agree with that decision. Uh, but suddenly I'm going from having three couples that I'm writing for, which is actually an easier format, <laughs> believe it or not, because I was just really just pulling directly from the original newlywed game format. And plus having three couples, you fill out the time more easily. So now I've got two couples and I have two stretch to fill out what would have been what was supposed to have been a 55 minute long experience. So I'm already stretching because it's meant to be a 30 minute game. So now I'm stretching it to 55 minutes with two couples and instead of three and no commercial breaks. One of the things that I do for EFA podcast, we uplift um, artists within the fandom community and I create cute little commercials for them for free. I call it reverse sponsors. So I said, you know what? I'll see if I can create a reverse sponsor spot to squeeze into the middle to fill some time out uh, for for the, the Newlywood game so that I at least have some place that I can stretch time out. So I sat down once I had the final decision on who's going to be on the panel and how long the panel was supposed to be. And I sat down and I did a whole bunch of research, watched way too many episodes of the original really one game and just started kind of getting a feel for how far they pushed the line onto um, suggestiveness, <laughs> uh, which was pretty far most of the time. And so I thought, well, if they could push it that far in the 60s, I can definitely push it at least that far here, you know, past the aughts. I wasn't given a hard line, though. No. The last convention right before Akon that year was Earp Expo. And that was the first time when Kat really pushed the line saying that, you know, Nicole likes long walks on the beach, Johnny Cash and pussy cats. I knew that I had room to play with these, with the talent. A lot of the joy of a panel like the Nullywood panel in this instance is being able to improvise and play with the talent and knowing that Kat has an improv background and Varun has an improv background and um, Justin had an improv background. You know, I knew that, okay, these are people who, when I tell them my background was Second City and I say, we're here to have fun, we're here to play, I know that they're going to immediately be like, game. And the wild card was Dominique. I mean, she's incredibly kind and very engaging, but I didn't know if she was going to come to to play to that level, if that makes sense. Uh, so I sat down, I started writing the, the script. And when I say script, I just mean the script of question. Everything coming from the cast was completely off the cuff and their own making. So I sat down to write the script of questions. I sat down to write the little reverse sponsor spot. I ended up settling on Purgatory Mercantile. I reached out to a number of fic authors as well. And I didn't tell them what I was doing because I wasn't allowed to. But what I did was I just sort of phrased loaded questions at them like, uh, okay, let's do a pun off, you know? <laughs> And uh, so I was able to filter in some of that as well. So that script was really, you know, 60% me and 40% help from uh, other far more creative people than me <laughs> throwing out ideas uh, that I then pieced together into a series of questions. So we got all the kind of... Um, props and necessary items figured out. I had my run through uh, and timed myself with the questions at home. And I knew that we were going to hit right around between 45 and 50 minutes. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. We're ready to go. So this, this uh, panel, I believe was at 1030 in the morning on Saturday. And for me coming from the Pacific Northwest, for me, it was 730 in the morning. Uh, at the time I'm six and a half months pregnant. And so I couldn't have caffeine. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, this was going to be like definitely a 
slap my face and splash with cold icy water multiple times to make sure that I'm awake and alert enough to do this. I get backstage and I'm hanging backstage with Erper Marine, aka Heather, and she's the uh, backstage um, uh, minion for for this. And she's like, "Okay, so just so you know, we have a hard stop. This panel cannot go past 11:20." And at the time I'm thinking, okay, well, the panel starts at 1030. That's 50 minutes. Perfect timing. And I said, okay, not a problem. She's like, no, you have to understand. You have to stop this panel. I will come on stage and I will pull you off with all the love in my heart, but you have to stop this panel. You cannot go over because we immediately have another panel at 1130. And I'm like, Heather, I work in radio. Timing is not something I have an issue with. And believe you me, we will hit that time. No problem. And we'll be done and we'll clear the stage and it'll be okay. And I'm thinking again, 50 minute panel problem. If anything, we're going to end a little early. It'll be fine. Well, then talent is late. And talent's not just a little late. Talent ends up being about 20 minutes late. And so that means my cozy, comfy 50-minute panel is now down to 35 minutes. <laughs> so I'm now calmly going through my questions, going, okay, I can cut this one. I can cut that one. I'll chuck these. <laughs> I'll, okay, so now I think I've got it down to 35 minutes. All right. Talent arrives backstage, minus Dominique. <laughs> and if you uh, watch the YouTube panel, uh, the panel on YouTube, you know why. She was in the loo. So Talent arrives backstage, minus Dominique. Um, I have no time to prep them. So I just say, all right, here's the situation. In case this wasn't already communicated to you, you're in character as your characters from the show. You're not yourselves. You are your characters. Please communicate this to Dominique and I'll see you on stage. <laughs> So I hop on stage and I'm like stretching the, I'm really trying to stretch the land acknowledgement <laughs> because I know that Dominique's not backstage yet. And I also, as soon as I step on stage, I have my phone uh, set to my stopwatch and I start stopwatch. And so I can keep an eye on the time, stretching the land acknowledgement, watching the time run out. <laughs> and I finally look out of the corner of my eye and I see Heather going, she was doing is frantically lifting her thumb up and smiling at me. So I know I've got the high sign to go. So I start the Nullywood game. Couple number one, she's the town sweetheart, and she's the newly installed sheriff of purgatory. Please welcome Waverly Earp and Nicole Hunt. Everything pretty much goes exactly to plan, including some fantastic things that I could not have expected to happen. I did flub a couple of times, and that was largely because I was I was rushing the panel. I was really, really pushing as fast as I could. So there were a couple of times when I said things backwards, and luckily I had people in the front row correct me. I'm very grateful to them. I didn't feel bad about it because I knew what was going on, <laughs> and I knew why I made the mistake that I made. And we ended bang on time. I had so much fun with the talent. They were so energetic and, and so engaged and having so much fun. I mean, there were moments that I couldn't have, I, I prayed would happen the way that I'd written them happening, but I, I couldn't guarantee it. Like the whole, what's your favorite thing to eat? All right, so Waverly. Yes. What is your favorite thing to eat? I knew that Kat was going to go there. I didn't know that Dominique was going to go there. So when she did and they ended up winning that round, it was, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. I could not have 
planned a better reaction out of them when I re- when I revealed their winning prize at the end. I worked so hard to make sure that that prize was terrible. <laughs> so, so wait, hi, you speak by your newlywed winners. Of course, what wouldn't be without a prize, and here's yours, an all-inclusive two-day, three-night stay at Purgatory's own Forever Eternity Spa. Both Dominique and Kat were very much like, oh. <laughs> You'll stay in their luxurious honeymoon suite and enjoy all the amenities the spa has to offer, including couples massage, mud baths, and of course, their famous hot tub. Where you can reconnect, reconnect with your cutie over as many different flavored waters as you can carry. such a rewarding moment for me and the funny thing is i had a lot of people come up and ask what was the prize going to be if maroon and justin won and it was the same prize because it would have still been funny (laughs) and there wasn't really anything that i could frame up you know as being a prize that had happened to the characters of jeremy and robin that that would have been as big of a payoff and honestly i didn't know who was going to win that was another thing i hoped that way hot would win but i didn't know and really getting in there to the very end it was very close i think that way hot only ended up winning by like three points so i mean it was very very tight that's also exactly what i wanted you know so it was just a really wonderfully rewarding experience um walking out into that uh, convention hall and seeing standing room only was one of those beautiful pictures (laughs) Uh, I I have ever seen in, in real life of just a mass of humanity all there waiting to see something that I was going to lead. Honestly, I'm so proud of this panel. Another well-known name in the fandom is Nedley's Office, who in real life goes by the name Jill. So we knew we had to talk to Jill and Jill did not disappoint. Jill is someone who has been to many conventions, uh, not only multi-fandom conventions, but many ERP conventions and has story after story to tell. What was the very first ERPCon that you went to and what was your um, your deciding factor in going? The thing that hit me the most was the Fan Expo Canada because it was the first con they had been to that, I, that was anywhere close to me. They were in Toronto. This was fall of 2016. The show hadn't been off the air for uh, very long. None of us had met any of the cast yet. I think they had been at San Diego Comic Con and they had announced, you know, season two. But this Fan Expo Canada was it was in Toronto, and there were a bunch of us that were sort of here in the Northeast that were just like, should we go? Should we drive? Like, and none of us had ever met each other, and we didn't have places to stay. And people came from all over and drove, like myself, drove eight hours straight up to Canada, up to Toronto, went to their panel, met them afterwards, and drove back all in one day. I made it. I think I left New York at like midnight because the panel was the panel was going to be at 4 p.m. I think but but they told us to get there and to get in line at 10 a.m. so and it's you know an eight or nine hour drive I left I bought a ticket we 
stood in line or, you know, held our spots in this lobby-like place waiting to get in to see the cast. Thank goodness. There was a lot of shenanigans and you can ask anybody a lot, a lot of shenanigans and stories that came out of the, uh, that first panel meeting. And then we were sort of told a bunch of us were, they were like, you know what, if you just hung out in the park outside for a while, good things might happen. I don't know how long it was, an hour, an hour and a half waiting out in the park. And then the cast, all of them that had been there at the panel came out and just hung out with fans for, I don't know, another hour. Nobody other than Erpers knew who these people were. So, you know, it was sort of like this hour meet and greet outside in a beautiful day that you just had time. Um, First time all of us had met them, interacted with them. That was obviously pretty special. And I remember when I was walking back to my car, I tweeted, I tweeted something like everything you've heard about how genuine this cast is, is all true. And, and Emily, who I had just met for the first time, retweeted it. And I was just like, (laughs) but mostly it was just this, the deep desire to meet the cast and meet other Erpers, which sent me to that first to just do something crazy. Did you see that there was any difference like between going to like a multi-fandom con versus a ERP fandom con? Was there, did it feel any different going to an ERP con? I would say yes, definitely. Probably because there was, you know, at a multi-fandom con, if you're cosplaying, people are going to look and go, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about, you know, or if you've got a specific t-shirt or, you know, you, you're, you're wearing something that identifies you as an erper and at a multi-fandom con, you're not surrounded 100% by erpers. And that's a very different feeling when you are surrounded hundred percent by erpers that you can, you know, you can start, you start using erp quotes and erp language and enjoy, everybody will understand what your t-shirt means or what cosplay you're, you're doing and everybody will enjoy it and, and encourage it as opposed to look at you like, I'm not sure what that's all about. So it's, it's definitely being in an ERPCon even more so because everybody there, it, it's, it's 100% this little bubble. And every time we're there, it's like, why don't we open a commune and we can all just live on a farm together somewhere and never leave our little ERP bubble because this ERP bubble is where I want to live forever. And, and that's really what it feels like. And, and I've mentioned this to other people that it, it really is when you're there the whole the, it, it's like you imagine the world as it's is what it would be like if erpers ran it you know it where everybody is just accepting and nobody cares what you look like or what you sound like everybody all they care is that you are an erp and you love erp and everything else just sort of doesn't matter and it just feels like again just like a little bubble for three days where I, I rarely, you know, I'm a news junkie. I rarely check the news when I'm in a DERPCon. Just sort of shut everything else out and enjoy these little three few days of, you know, kind of complete freedom from, I won't say from reality because it's, I, I won't say that being in an ERPCon isn't real because it's very real. Um, but, you know, from the rest of the world. I was a, I was a volunteer. This was Expo. And a young woman came down the stairs, upstairs with just autographs. And then you came down these stairs and the volunteer table, which was the information table, was right there. And she came down on like the first day and she was obviously just very excited. And I loved sitting at that location and just saying, did you just get an autograph? Can I see your autograph? Can you tell me all about your autograph? And she had just, I can't remember, she had just met Dom or just met Kat. Then she was telling me how 
how being at this con was the first time she'd ever been around people like her. She's like, I come from this small town and I've just never been able to walk around and be me. This is the first time in my life I can just walk around and be me. So that really, that was, you know, a touching moment for me. So, Anne, in 2019, Herbapalooza was in St. Louis, Missouri. I, your co-host, flew to St. Louis, Missouri to make it for that convention. It was my first and only ErpCon so far. And my friend and I, Tammy, walked in the door as this next event was happening. Tim Rosan surprised everybody at Herbapalooza 2019. He wasn't on the list. Nobody knew he was going to be there. Uh, but what a great surprise. And we talked to Laura and Allison about it. Here, take a listen. Tim is one of the sweetest people, I think, on the, the universe and, and just really um, a good guy. So when we were able to get him, we're like, okay, but here's what we want to do. Um, we don't want to announce it like we do other guests. We want this to be special for everybody as well. Because um, it was real special for us that he was able to come. That was a really great moment, the surprise with Tim um, in 2019. And, and like Laura said, I mean, it... Literally, we didn't think we were going to get him because he was out traveling and he was working. And so when we found out that he was able to come, we had a choice, obviously, to, to you know, to announce it or to just kind of keep it a secret. And I just we had already announced our full guest list, had already planned everything. And I just we just kind of felt like, wouldn't this be really fun if we just kind of kept it a secret and surprised everyone, you know, that didn't think he was coming. And so we told Tim, you know, him and his agent were game you know they were they agreed to it and and we just came up with the idea to introduce them you know on the panel on Saturday morning and the funny thing is I was in the back hallway this is kind of a side story that I'll just share real quick but during the wedding on Friday Tim was arriving during the wedding and so I kind of snuck out the back of the area where we were having the guest dropped off and Tim had shown up and he walked in the door and he immediately, he put his hood up, had a hat on, like he was full stealth mode. I mean, like we were in the back of hallways of the hotel, so there were no fans, but he was prepared to go undercover. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh to think about how he showed up in this hoodie and hat and like had his bag and he was ready to like be as stealthy as possible to get to the room. And then he was like, once I'm in the room, I'm not leaving till the morning. I'm not taking a chance of someone accidentally seeing me or anything. And it was just amazing. He was such a great sport about it. In that reaction, there's a lot of photos. I think some of our photographers caught that. That reaction is honestly, it's so great. that, And so I just love that fans just kind of freaked out when he popped out there and that's you know you get those reactions every now and then and it always just feels really great to see excitement in the fans during our research and talking to other erpers about erp conventions we stumbled across a dirty little secret something called con crud Oh, con crud, yes. Con crud. 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 Here are Jen, Jill, Lynn, and Laura 
to explain what con crud is and how to prevent it. Con crud is a thing. <laughs> People have a tendency to get a little sick after going to cons. I mean, you're within close proximity of a lot of people. Hydrate and take you some vitamins before you go. That'll take you a long way when you go to a con. <laughs> it is a thing. It is not a joke. You are surrounded by people from all over who are not sleeping, not eating properly, and bringing all their germs. You're not going to like it, but try to sleep a little bit more than you want to. Try to uh, hydrate if you can, not just beer. And mostly prepare to not feel well when you get back. It's a super exciting, high-energy weekend, and then you come home. Take that day off, too, and sleep. Your body will thank you. Oh, my goodness. Same thing, I'm, everything we've learned from COVID, right? Wash your hands, wash your hands. Bring lots of water. Most of the cons now have refillable water stations. The hotels, if they're air-conditioned, they're going to be, they're so dry. You'll want lip balm and a water bottle. I probably suffered from it every con until like probably the last con that I went to that I finally figured out like the right mixture of your emergency slash airborne slash just staying hydrated and things like that. It's a long day. It does. It catches up to you. Like you're going to lack sleep. You're going to probably not feed yourself properly throughout the weekend. So by Sunday, you could be feeling something. So I would suggest probably a week leading up to the con, start those immune boosters, like your emergencies and your airborne and stuff like that. And then have them to put in your water bottle. That's another essential of a reusable water bottle. Oh, Lordy. It's real. It is definitely real. After the con, you have to catch up on all the sleep that you've lost and the rest that you've lost as much as possible. Eat well, try to get back into your routine as quickly as you can. Drinking lots of water. Just don't be surprised if you do start feeling poorly because it does happen. When researching con-related things such as con cred, I ran across the term post-con blues used to describe a depressed feeling you get after seeing friends and attending a convention. This seems to be a somewhat lesser talked about aspect of convention life for obvious reasons. So I decided to ask some of our guests about it. Here's what Jen, Lynn, and Jill had to offer about taking care of yourself after a convention. Know that it's real. Know that when you go from this convention where everyone has values of kindness and compassion, and then you come to your everyday life, it's jolting. It just just be prepared that it's real. It's real and, and respect that. Don't be hard on yourself. Be like, wow, I just went from the emotional equivalent of Disneyland to, you know, day-to-day -day life. So just be nice to yourself, be patient, be kind. It's that down feeling you get when you have to say goodbye to all your buddies and send them on the plane to go home. And you've, you've been on this high now for three days and then suddenly you're going back to the real world. Yes, post-con blues is a real thing. The post-con blues are very real. They hit and they hit hard. So just be ready for it. And, you know, don't, don't, sort of like, don't worry about it. But know that when it comes, you're not the only one feeling that way. It's, it, it's you know, when everybody says goodbye and you go to the airport and you're sitting at the airport all by yourself and you just like, damn, well, this sucks. And, you know, you're going back to work and uh, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and do another panel. Um, 
and all you want to do is scroll through your photos and go on Twitter and look at everybody else's photos. Um, it's real. It's it's that first day uh, back in in the real world is sucks. It sucks. I think it's you know just because it, it it's such a high for three days. Um, it's it's coming down from that high, but also just the absence of of you know new friends, old friends, um, and we'll have these very intense you know few days together and then off we go and are back to the real world and um it, it's hard it's not it's it, it's completely worth it but it's it's a hard day but lynn did give us some advice a method she uses to fight away the post-con blues i have used something called the four R's and I did I didn't invent this I looked it up and the first thing the first R is reflect and so you're reflecting on your weekend and you're you're thinking about the good times and you just savor it all and just you know be happy that you were lucky enough to be there the second R is revisit anything that you've bought any of your autographs any of your photos just to try and remember as much of it and savor as much of it as possible. The third R is to retrace your steps, and that is, to me, with uh, social media, to touch base with erpers who attended the con and just kind of reflect and try to hear stories from them. And then the last one is my favorite, and that's to reset. And the reason I say it's my favorite is because I'm always setting my sights on my next con adventure. If I go to a con, I'm coming back and I'm planning and I'm ready for the next one. I'm just resetting myself and I'm doing what I need to do to try to get to the next con. When COVID shut down my plans to erp out at conventions, I jumped at the chance to erp out virtually with conventions like Erp Curse Con and the Ghost River Triangle Convention. These conventions were a bright spot in really pretty dark times, and I myself am very thankful to have had them, and I think many other ERPers may say the same. Let's listen as Michelle, Solier, and Darren talk about their contributions to the ERPdom via virtual conventions. When you look at the fandom, there's so many creative people in it. There's so many people creating stuff. For me, it's like I'm a software engineer. I'm not going to write a fanfic or be a great illustrator or a crafter. That's just not what I do. So to be able to use like a skill that I have to contribute to the fandom in some way, I think was really rewarding for me. Yeah, And I think the lottery was really important for me because I did the implementation of it. But I had been to like concerts and stuff where you have to be the first person to click on stuff before it sells out. And I know that was happening with Urbicon where it's like everything sold out unless you click like super fast. And I really wanted to make something that was more accessible to people who maybe would not be able to click real fast for maybe physical reasons or maybe because their internet isn't great in the country they live in or, or things like that. And just make a level playing field so everybody had a chance to get something. I think for all of us, it was just wanting to make something that was accessible and affordable, something that anyone in the world can participate in, someone that's never been able to meet the cast or anything. 
So like for the lottery that we did, we ended up having people from 50 different countries enter the lottery, which is crazy. And then because of the way we did the lottery, it gave the opportunity for like people from 30 different countries to actually end up purchasing one of the experiences with one of the cast members. That's that's really cool for me. Other thing I wanted to do with this con was try to make it as similar to an in-person con as possible. Obviously, there's some things you can't do. Some of the stuff that we came up with, especially, I really like that we did a bunch of different panels with different pairings of people instead of just doing one big cast panel. Just because it, it gets, you don't get much time for each person to talk if you've got just one cast panel. Uh, just because there's so many of them. So I think that was more similar to what you see at a, a physical HerbCon. Um, to be honest with me, personally, all I wanted to do is probably like just give the herpers of the world that don't have the chance to attend an actual physical convention, try to have as much or as similar uh, experience as possible to be able to do it, to be able to give the herpers what they deserve, to give them the experiences that they probably never thought they could get because they don't have the means to come here or to go to a con or to purchase that phone call or whatever and we have a lot of a lot of herpers out there that are so generous and click fast but that are so generous to you know even buy it for other people or gift other people and just yeah it's it was just amazing it was just amazing what I would like to say is to thank you all the herpers out there that, you know, still support us to this day and have been along for the ride, are looking forward to the next one. New herpers like yourself that just, you know, uh, continue to spread the word uh, with your guys' podcast and everything like that as well, um, reaching, new, reaching new fans and, you know, supporting this shit show that we love so well. Well, Anne, we did it. There was a lot to fit in here and there was more that we couldn't fit in, but this is, this is a fun episode to put together. It was. I think uh, we, we had a lot of ideas. We might have bit off a little more than we could chew. Yes, we did. <laughs> there were many people and, uh, and convention organizers that we didn't get a chance to speak to. Ideally, we would have loved to have spoken with all of you and so many herpers who probably have amazing convention stories as well. Maybe we need a convention stories part two someday. Oh, interesting. But hopefully, you know, we, by listening to some of these stories, we gave some people a chance to hear what it might be like to go to one. So if you were on the fence about going to a convention, maybe this swayed you one way or the other. Maybe you were apprehensive. Maybe you were feeling anxious about the tickets you already purchased, but now you know how much money you need to save. Have some ideas of what to pack and who to talk to and how to organize your trip a little better. And you need to hydrate, 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 hydrate. And, you know, I think another one of those really important tips was don't forget to ask for help if you need any accommodations. It sounds like not only are other herpers more than willing to help you out, but people at the conventions uh, will be able to assist you in any way. And another thing that came up a lot, and we covered it in this episode, is that anxiety that, that people feel going to an in-person convention for the first time or multiple times. And... The idea that, that you're not the only one, everyone's kind of been there, and if you're going to 
if you're going to go put yourself out there and go to a, a, a convention for the first time, there's no better place, no safer place to go than ERPCON. And even if you never make it to an in-person convention, hopefully the stories that we brought to you today in this episode, thanks to our generous ERPers and their stories, will make you feel like you've already gone to one. Before Anne and I sign off, we want to again thank all the ERPers who made this episode possible. And we want to thank you for listening. Without your stories, there is no This Erper Life. And you can tell us the stories that you want to hear and reach out to us by finding us on Twitter at This Erper Life or by finding us online at thiserperlife.com and leaving us a voicemail or an email. Con is. Con is something that you'll never forget. A great way to spend a weekend with your found family. Con is a safe place to be yourself. Uh, that's generally my experience with erper conventions or, or queer conventions for the most part. Um, you can relax and just be you without having to worry about, well, much of anything. It's pretty awesome. Not necessary, but very fun. Something that everybody should experience at least once. A place for everyone. Uh, the greatest experience of my life. Con has. Con has changed so many people's lives for the better. Offered me an opportunity to spread my wings and meet so many amazing people. Con has activities beyond panels, signings, photo ops, uh, where you can meet other like-minded fans. Something for everyone. A great group of people aside from the cast. Like, in addition to the cat. Created lifetime memories. A lot of uh, small events that are almost better than the big one. Con will be. Con will be even better than you think. A coming home of sorts after the long COVID break. It will be my happy place again. Con will be worth the price of admission. Happening in 2022 pandemic or no con will be a weekend that you'll talk about for a long time to come an experience to remember